Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Power Up and Game. I'm your host, Michael, and I am joined today, as always, with the showrunner and the main man himself, Taylor. Taylor, how's it going, buddy? I'm doing pretty fantastic, man. Nerd Stop Movies is not doing as well. Uh, this kind of just stuff on my end, personally. Uh, I had an episode go up late, but that episode should be out now, and we should have a special episode talking about some news on Monday. But how are you doing, Michael? Oh, I'm not doing too bad. Uh, I finally got to play Modern Warfare 2 campaign, and I really like that. But uh, I've been having some computer issues lately. Yeah, we should have been recording about 30 minutes ago, but <laughs> yeah, you know, technology. Yeah, I hope I can get that fixed up real quick. But enough about me. Let's go ahead and get into this with no further delays. Let's talk about what's on the docket. We can't really ignore it, so we will be doing a review roundup for Hogwarts Legacy, along with talking about the controversy surrounding the game. We'll bring back up the day before because, well, Taylor is still questioning whether or not this game is going to release. Knockout City is shutting down, and we'll talk about a recent report regarding what Call of Duty has planned for 2023. So with all of that now on our plate and more, Taylor, how about you go ahead and take it away? Don't mind if I do, Michael. And real quick, we want to say that you can find sources for all the topics we're going over today down in the description of this episode. We do that to give out proper credit. And if any listeners want to read further about the topics we cover, or simply just want to check it out for themselves. So we're going to start our show off today by talking about the Nintendo Direct from a few days ago. On February 8th, Nintendo had one of their classic Nintendo Directs, and there were some interesting things shown off at this event, such as Nintendo announcing Metroid Prime Remastered, a remastered, of course, version of the GameCube game. It is out right now, digitally, and will be available for retail on February 22nd. For those who are interested, Pikmin 4 is coming out on July 21st, and Splatoon 3 is getting an expansion pass. I believe Part 1 is coming out. Uh, I don't remember the date. I did not write that down, unfortunately. But Part 1 had a release date. Part 2 did not. Uh, Nintendo Switch Online is getting games from the OG Game Boy and Game Boy Advance. But most notably, we get a look at The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. The game has been on the top of a lot of people's most anticipated game lists for years now at this point. Tears of the Kingdom is coming out on May 12th, 2023. Michael, I feel like we gotta start off by talking about Tears of the Kingdom, right? Uh, sure, Nintendo ended it with that one. Uh, they didn't show a whole lot, but yeah, I think it's only fair that we kind of mm. start off with that one. since It was, it was legit released. gameplay from the game, though. And not oh, only no, that, yeah. it has a release date. It's coming out in May. We're going to be able to play this game in May, which is fantastic, considering I don't think this game ever had a release date or a release window before. And <laughs> it's just been on the top of everybody's most anticipated lists. It feels like for, like I kind of say in the blurb here, for years now. So it's cool to see a release date. It's cool to see that release date is in a few months. I really like what I saw from the gameplay. It looks like more of what we love from Breath of the Wild in a very extensive world. 
and I'm very curious to see how exciting it's going to be to traverse this world because we saw a few ways you can do that in that trailer from riding on a horse to driving a vehicle which made me have a few cutaways in my brain to Mario Kart so <laughs> uh what did you think of this well they had vehicles uh in Breath of the Wild I mm-hmm. think it was I think it was part of a DLC so Having it back and like having having it in uh, to the kingdom makes sense because at least they introduced it in the last game, albeit uh, through paid DLC. Um, I one of the uh, things that I actually found interesting was that there seems to be a flying platform you can use to float around like a drone uh, that you sit on top of. I thought that was actually pretty cool. And yeah, now, it seems like now you're gonna have like uh, levels and worlds in the air. Uh, there are platforms up there. Maybe there's going to be a whole kingdom that you can visit up there. Who knows? Because uh, there, there, there were teases of more for uh, for the world building, like you said, the world building in uh, Tears of the Kingdom. So maybe we can do something maybe outside of Hyrule. You know, maybe maybe there's more to uh, exploration. Maybe we get back into a. Uh, ocean-based gameplay like we did with uh oh, which one was wind waker it? wind waker yeah you know maybe maybe they'll expand expand further uh with that because it really does seem like they're they're taking a bunch of uh of their former ideas that they've had and it seems like they're bringing it all together for a new experience what was that game with the uh it was mostly link in the sky uh skyward sword skyward sword thank you because that, I got a lot of vibes from that. Yeah, they could go in a way to where like, you can get some vibes from Wind Waker. The art style already kind of reminds me in a way to that. Just because it's just it's beautifully breathtaking in a way that you don't expect. So, who knows? I'm very excited to see what they end up doing with this game. Because these Zelda games, most of the time, they're fucking bangers. And for them to do a sequel to a game is very interesting. They don't really do sequels to the Legend of Zelda games. They just do the next retelling of the story, uh, so to speak. So I'm very interested to see what exactly they're going to do to expand on what people loved about Breath of the Wild. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to lie. When I first saw the trailer, uh, when they first showed it off, it looked like pretty much the same assets being used from uh, Breath of the Wild. And I was like, "Are we? It's the same map. Like, are, it, what, what else are you guys doing? Like, are you just adding in new powers?" Because uh, I was actually unimpressed at first, but then they start showing more of the. They kind of uh, faked you out there. They they did. They faked <laughs> me out. I was like, "This is it. This is what you guys had to keep delaying the game for. This is so stupid." And but I I I I, I hung in there. and I was like, "Okay, well, hopefully, uh, they're just doing this to get to knock it out the way, so that when the game comes out, people will be like, oh, it's just a reskin.' Like, yeah, we already showed you." That you're going back to this version of Hyrule at first, and you'll expand outwards. Uh, and uh, yeah, like you said, like they got a little bit of Skyward Sword in there. I'm hoping for a little bit more Wind Waker. I actually enjoyed the trailer, even though they didn't show much. Because um, I, I, I was really questioning, like, wait a minute, we're doing the Red Skies again. We're doing, uh, uh, what was it, Gandalf? Uh, I think he's still the main villain. It's like, I thought we... Ganon? G- Ganon, Gandalf, Gandorf. <laughs> Stop naming these wizards the same. Gosh darn it. 
Uh, but yeah, I was like, didn't we already do this? Didn't we finish this guy off? Like, are, it was Breath of the Wild all for naught? Because that is, is kind of weird. And looks like we have a new guardian. Uh, I don't know what the giant stone thing was, but maybe it was a new version of the Guardians or something. But yeah, they didn't give us much to they didn't give us much to work with because they know that people are gonna be like, oh yeah, it's a sequel to Breath of the Wild. I'm getting it, like myself included. So you know, I'm a sucker. They didn't have to show too much. Yeah, and just to expand on something I said earlier about sequels, I do know that The Legend of Zelda is basically just one big ass timeline of events of what Link ends up doing if he succeeds in defeating Ganon, if he fails. And by the way, I kind of think that's an underrated, like, it's not something I think Nintendo is very extensive about, like, oh, we deliberately planned this. But I think it's a cool story that this keeps repeating itself over and over. And depending on the events that occur, it creates a new timeline in a way. So what I mean by sequel is a direct sequel to a game that just happened, <laughs> which I don't think we really get too often other than what, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask? Uh, well, I know uh, Zelda 2 was yeah. a sequel to Legend of Zelda. I think uh, uh, Link's Journey actually has three separate timelines. There's the hero timeline, the uh, the bad timeline where, where uh, Link actually loses. Which I think creates Twilight Princess... If I remember correctly. I don't know. I gotta look at that timeline again. It's pretty cool, though, when you look at it. Oh, man. I actually have the uh, Legend of Zelda's, uh, the big book. Hold on. Give me one sec. I'm gonna go grab that book real quick. So, vamping for time. I really didn't enjoy this Nintendo Direct overall. There's a lot of things that just wasn't up my alley as a gamer. Uh, there was also some things that I thought was just enjoyable for people who do play Nintendo Switch Online. Seeing the OG Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games, some of those titles go to that uh, platform is pretty cool. Pikmin 4 looks really fun, but the big thing for me, other than Legend of Zelda, was Metroid Prime Remastered. I think that game looked outstanding. So I, was, I wasn't trying to interrupt you, but, uh, but like I said, I, I had it right next to me, but I wanted you to keep going. I was like, oh, he's actually going to do something. So <laughs> I actually have, in my. I wish we were doing this live so I could show everybody. I actually have in my hands, unopened, the Legend of Zelda Hyrule Historia book. Now, this was a thing that I went and purchased way back when uh, I used to live in New York. And I went to the uh, Nintendo store in New York City. So, as you can probably hear, I'm finally opening this thing up. I was This thing is still in this wrapper. I was not going to open this thing. Now, up. when did you buy this specifically? Because... You need Ooh. to know what games are not included in this book. Oh, I assume Breath of the Wild isn't included in that book. Oh, no, absolutely not. No. Okay. This happened way before that. Are we talking Skyward Sword? Are we talking Twilight Princess? Oh, I think included? Twilight Princess was out around the time. Alright, let's see. Okay, this is the first English edition from 2013. So we have here Shakir... Uh, Shigeru Miyamoto's Hyrule History, where it actually shows, I guess, the games that he worked on. Okay, so it has all the way up to 2011, where he worked on Skyward Sword for the Wii. Okay, here we go. Let's see. There is... Oh my goodness, I think we may be way off. Okay, The Legend of the Goddesses and the Hero starts off with Skyward Sword. And that is the creation, Era of the Goddess Helia. 
Yeah, Skyward Sword starts the timeline. Starts the whole thing, yeah. And it's called the Sky Era and the Era of Chaos, which leads into the Minish Cap, which leads into Four Swords, which leads into Ocarina of Time. I think I'm looking at the same timeline as you. Uh, okay, good, okay. good. And uh, it splits off into two different ones that we were talking about. Uh, the one, the hero wins, and when he's defeated. And that actually splits off into three different eras. That's where we got the three different eras from. Mm-hmm. So, so when the hero is defeated, there's the decline of Hyrule in the last hero, which has a link, a link to the past. Uh, Oracle of Ages and the Oracle of Seasons, which leads into Link's Awakening, which leads into the original Legend of Zelda, which leads into the Adventure of Link. But with the high, with the hero is triumphant, uh, it leads into two different eras. There's the child era and his adult era. In the child era, there's the Twilight Realm and the legacy of the hero, which is Majora's Mask. Which then goes into Twilight Princess, and then Four Sword Adventures, and in the adult era, uh, Ganondorf is sealed, and the hero of Winds and a New World, where Ganondorf is resurrected, and that goes into Wind Waker, where Ganondorf is uh, resurrected, which leads into Phantom Hourglass, which then leads into Spirit Tracks. So there's our uh, official timeline. Yeah, see, I find that, like, really interesting i know it's not like the most nintendo's really never dived into this in game really to yeah. me, like extensively i know i think it's been referenced a few times but it's never been like the main thing like oh no this shit just keeps happening and happening but yeah well the one thing that is truly canon is that there is a there's always a new hero like yeah they, he's always reborn so that kind of stuff I was like, yeah, that makes sense that you can do something like that to where, yeah, it's not the same Link you played with uh, Link in the Past or Majora's Mask. It, it really is a different version of him, which means they're stuck doing this forever. Like Link, Zelda, and, and, and Ganondorf, they're just stuck doing this forever more. That's got to be torture, man. So as of July 2020, I'm looking at an article from Screen Rant. Uh, Breath of the Wild takes place at the end of the Legend of Zelda timeline, but Nintendo's refusal to explain which timeline is pretty lazy move. It's got to be when the hero is defeated. From the way they opened up with them losing uh, the Guardians and losing all of their heroes. like That's where I, that's what I got out of it. I got that it came out of the hero's defeated timeline. How the hell are we going to... Like, I don't mind it, but it's just, this is a tangent right here. Well, because you and I, uh, obviously, we both enjoy the uh, Legend of Zelda franchise, and you know we have we the, the, again the trailer that it showed didn't give us too much. So all it does is leave you up to speculation and make you wonder like how is this going to fit into timelines and this and that. Like as a fan, you know it's just something that you that you do. And how many people in podcasts you know is going to pull out a freaking history of Hyrule book just to talk about that? We're well, professionals, folks. I don't think that's very professional, but. I mean, hey, it is. We did our research right here on the podcast. We have the official book. It's so riveting, by the way. The riveting <laughs> I told you research where I, here. Yeah, we, all our research. I told you where I got it. We gave you the date. We gave you the timelines. If you ask me, that's very professional. <laughs> but overall, getting back to Tears of the Kingdom here so we can move on to the other stuff real quick and then get into our other stories of the week. Yeah, before we do that, yes, you want a, a stupid little tidbit? Go ahead. Link's crossbow training, the game that uh, came out with uh, that whole 
crossbow uh, peripheral that Nintendo made that nobody used. Yeah. They actually put it in there. Um, the story in Link's crossbow training is not included in the Chronicles. <laughs> so that game is not canon. It's not in canon. That's, That's fantastic. Awesome. That's fantastic. Uh, but uh, overall, I think we're both are excited for Tears of the Kingdom. Hopefully, it's another banger for Nintendo. The only thing that I'm concerned about, and I think you're right there with me, is breakable weapons. Both of us fucking hate breakable weapons. They didn't show I, I, I don't know chance. about you. I don't know if breakable weapons are still going to be a thing in Tears of the Kingdom. I kind of don't want to look it up because I don't want to get disappointed if they are. I just want to play the game and then see <laughs> and then go, ah, shit. All right. You know what? I can get I can get past it, though. Even with that, I can get past it and play this awesome game. Cannot wait for May, which is when that game will be coming out. Michael, I've already talked about my thoughts on the, the Nintendo Direct. Before you rudely interrupted me, I was saying that the other huge thing that I loved was Metroid Prime Remastered, which I thought looked splendid. Um, what did you think of the rest of the Direct? And I guess Metroid Prime Remastered as well. Uh, oh boy. Yeah, I didn't really... I wasn't really into the direct because I mean it's a bunch of stuff that I was like, yeah, you're doing a bunch of reboots and remakes and remaster. Well, not remakes, but remasters. Um, one thing that I got out of it was uh, Ghost Trick is getting another shot at becoming relevant. I really liked Ghost Trick uh, when it came back when it came out on Nintendo's handheld. I believe it was actually came all the way back on the DS, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they tried to uh, re- revive it on the iPhone. And Android by making a mobile game, and I, I want to say it was supposed to come out on PC, but it never did, or there was talks of it and it never happened. I'm not really sure, uh, but I have Ghost Trick come back on the Switch. I think it's probably the best for it. I think it's going to fit on that platform. Oh man, the rest of the uh, the, the the rest of the talk, it was just yeah, that looks that looks cool. Uh, I think it's the one called. Deca Police. That actually looks pretty neat. That looks kind of fun. Uh, but for Metroid Prime, uh, oh man, I wish they didn't try to shadow drop, shadow drop that like they did with like uh, Microsoft did with Hi-Fi Rush because Hi-Fi Rush was a new IP, and so it was kind of hard to build hype around that. And having the uh, shadow drop was a cool tactic. But with Prime, you know, with everybody waiting on Prime Four and uh, Metroid Prime Four, go, pretty much going back to square one. Uh, supposedly, it'd been nice to see that. Hey, we're 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 still we still care about the Metro Prime series. So here's Prime One remastered. It's like cool. All right. So that's the thing that's happening. Uh, so what about two and three? Because now that you shadow dropped it, now it's going to be the thing everybody's going to talk about. It's like okay, so we're going to get all these remakes from Metro Prime. We're going to get Metro Prime Two and Three, and that's going to lead into Metro Prime Four. Uh, are we going to get like a bundle set to where we get the Metroid Prime Trilogy Remastered, and if we are, what's the point of me getting the first one? See, and it brings up a whole lot of stuff. It's like, you didn't give us enough information about anything that's going on. Like, that's what I don't like about Nintendo's Direct, that it's a little too direct, that they just throw this stuff out with little to no information. And it's like, here you go, be happy, we just introduced something. I wanted to know more about Metroid Prime 4. I wanted to know more about, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, Metroid Prime 4. Like, I want to know where that's set in development. Obviously, it's nowhere near where they're ready to talk about it, despite the, what, like, what, 20 years ago they showed us the logo. I wanted to know more about Metroid Prime 1 Remastered. Uh, is the frame rate good? 
what exactly did you change up? Uh, enemy AI, new powers. Is it just from the ground up? Or are you just upping the res? Because the Switch itself, it, it does like 720p, uh, 1080p on on, uh, on your big TV. But it's like, uh, is, is that much of a... Is, are you just doing res bump? Like, I, I want to know more about the game. And you're not giving me anything. So for me, the direct wasn't really all there because... There was nothing. I mean, it, there was something, but like, there was nothing to actually get me into the games. Like, here's a trailer. Oh, okay. Is, is that it? Yep, that's it. That's all you get. Let's move on to the next thing. Cool. Also, I like my Zelda book. Well, let's move on to our other stories of the week and talk about Hogwarts Legacy, starting with a quick review roundup of the game. IGN's Travis Northup gave the game a 9 out of 10 and said, quote, in nearly every way, Hogwarts Legacy is the Harry Potter RPG I've always wanted to play. Its open-world adventure captures all the excitement and wonder of the wizarding world with its memorable new characters, challenging and nuanced combat, and a wonderfully executed Hogwarts student fantasy that kept me, hold on, I gotta move my mouse here, glued to my controller for dozens of hours. It's certainly weighed down by technical issues, a lackluster main story, and some poor enemy variety. But even those couldn't come close to bringing the enchanting spell over me, end quote. VGC's Jordan Miller gave the game a 4 out of 5 and said, quote, Hogwarts Legacy brilliantly captures the magic of the world Harry Potter and with its beautiful open world, engaging characters, and exciting combat. While the open world elements of the game make it feel more dated than we would have liked, it's otherwise the best the Wizarding World has been in a video game, end quote. Game Rant's Dalton Cooper gave the game a 4.5 out of 5 and said, quote, Avalanche has created something truly special with Hogwarts Legacy. It succeeds at being the dream Harry Potter game that many fans were hoping for, and if nothing else, it creates a rock-solid foundation for future Wizarding World games to be built upon. Hogwarts Legacy lives up to the hype, and we can confidently say, it's the best thing to come out of the Harry Potter franchise since the original books and movies, end quote. PlayStation Lifestyles' Jason Faulkner gave the game a 9 out of 10 and said, quote, Hogwarts Legacy is a game that Harry Potter fans have dreamt of since the first book was released. It puts you firmly in the shoes of a student and turns you loose to find your place in the world of wizardry. Unfortunately, its biggest issue is that it often feels like you're just visiting. I hope that the follow-up to Hogwarts Legacy leans into the social aspects of life at the school and gives your character an established backstory. However, aside from some narrative weaknesses, this game is a blast and an early contender for Game of the Year 2023. End quote. Pure Xboxes, Fraser Gilbert, gave the game a 9 out of 10 as well and said, quote, It felt like Hogwarts Legacy was always going to struggle to live up to the hype, but somehow Avalanche Software has managed to deliver an absolutely fantastic open-world adventure that will surely go down as comfortably the best game based on the Harry Potter franchise so far. If you've been following its progress for a while and were, keep, were keeping your fingers crossed for good reviews, we're pleased to report that it's definitely been worth the wait, end quote. But, as many of you know, talking around Hogwarts Legacy right now has more to do with things outside the game itself, rather than just review uh, scores. More specifically, they have to do with past transphobic comments by series creator J.K. Rowling. Some outlets and writers have decided to not review the game, 
because they feel that giving the game coverage and attention will be directly or indirectly supporting rolling, as she will get royalties from the game. For example, the gamer isn't reviewing the title, Rock Paper Shotgun is writing content about other wizard games, GameSpot may not be reviewing it either as they haven't been published or they have not published a review yet at the time of this recording, and Percy Ranson of GamesHub put out an article titled Hogwarts Legacy Does Not Deserve to be Reviewed on Its Own Merits. Here's an excerpt from that article. Quote, Hogwarts Legacy cannot and should not be judged solely on its own merits because the end result will be supporting this game financially and socially isn't simply a matter of how much you'll enjoy it or how nostalgic it might be to experience the world of Harry Potter. If you purchase this game, if you praise its qualities and encourage others to support the developers or treat yourself to a guilty pleasure, you'll be making a choice that will harm the transgender community whether you want to admit it or not, end quote. Some streamers have also decided to boycott the title as well, not only because of everything I already talked about, but because Twitch was running ad campaigns for Hogwarts Legacy. Not only that, but one Twitter user actually created a website called HadTheyStreamThatWizardGame.com where you could search for streamers who streamed Hogwarts Legacy. The website at the time of this recording is down. Another topic of conversation has been the addition of Serona Ryan into Hogwarts Legacy, the first openly trans character in the Harry Potter universe. Some who have been heavily against Hogwarts Legacy have also been vocal in believing Serona is just a token character. Developer Avalanche Studios threw in the game to avoid backlash from J.K. Rowling's past comments. Others have pointed out that Serona was actually the name of a goddess in Celtic mythology known for healing. So although we're not bringing anything unique to the table here, or really anything important to the conversation, we hope to have a more civil conversation about not just the controversy surrounding the game, but also the reviews for it. Michael, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? you mind if I go first, actually? Uh, sure, yeah, yeah, go ahead. So I want to start off by just going that the reason we haven't really covered Hogwarts Legacy is because neither of us are really Harry Potter fans. It's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's no real interest to cover every week topics we aren't interested in. At the same time, both of us are in agreement that J.K. Rowling is, in our opinion, a piece of shit. And at the same time, I also think that a lot of this, if you buy this game, you're automatically transphobic, is very extreme. If you decide to boycott this game, that is completely fine. I will support you in that decision. If you're a Harry Potter fan who wants to play this game, I think that's completely fine. I support you in that decision. But, again, I think to automatically go and say, hey, if you just want to play this, you're an asshole. Transphobic. That's incredibly messed up as well. Michael, what's your take on this? Right, so... um yeah, like you say, you and I are not the biggest Harry Potter fans. Uh, for us, you know, it, we're we're quite neutral about it. My personal opinion, I don't think it makes you transphobic if you still like Harry Potter. I don't think it makes you transphobic if you buy and play the game. I don't think it's transphobic if you stream the game. It's only transphobic if you make transphobic comments and, like, you know, show hate towards trans people. That's the only way that you can come out as transphobic. Playing a game does not make you transphobic. But, uh, that's my uh, personal opinion on that. 
I forget who it was, but a streamer actually stopped playing the game, I believe, yesterday or the day before that um, because people on their stream was bullying them so bad and making them feel bad. Are you talking about girlfriend reviews? Yeah, the uh, the streamer's girlfriend cried and they ended up stopping the stream. It's like, that's not how you show support to trans people. You don't do it by being bullies. Yeah, and when it comes to JK Rowling is going to be getting royalties. That's accurate. 100%. Look, she's, no she's going to get... Yeah, she's going to get royalties no matter what, all right? Uh, uh, I think there's a Harry Potter world at Universal. Um, course, well, that's what UK, I was going to get to, is J.K. Yeah. Rowling is already a very wealthy person who yeah. is not going to be greatly affected by the success or failure of Hogwarts Legacy, which it turns out the game is really it's a, it's trending a towards success. being a success. Uh, actually, it was the number one single-player uh, game being streamed on Twitter ever. I mean, on Twitch mm-hmm. ever. So they they claimed that before the game even officially came out. This is just the uh, early deluxe editions. Yeah, and what I was going to say is, with that in mind, a lot of these people are on platforms such as Twitter, which I find absolutely <laughs> incredibly ironic. Um I don't mind if people are ethically conscious about the places that they shop at, where they spend their time, 100% for you right there. Just whatever you decide to do, you're your own individual. You have the right to do that as long as you're not hurting anybody else. But getting somehow getting into talking about Hogwarts Legacy, the game, I talked about IGN and the review earlier. I've seen online as well people talk about like uh, making fun of the iGen review. Going, oh yeah, all these problems still a 9 out of 10. Here's the thing I think a lot of people are missing out on. Yeah, people love to look at the score and go 9 out of 10 but all these problems, right? It's one person's opinion. Like, I wish we would just (laughs) quit focusing on the fucking number. Quit focusing on that fucking number. Just read the words that are written on this review, see what this person has to say, what their perspective was on the game, and go, huh, that sounds like something I'd be interested in. Or maybe I should read further and read a few other reviews and see what they're saying. But at the same time, I think these reviews are pretty indicative that this game is probably pretty damn good. Uh, I was pretty surprised to see it be so favorably reviewed. Not because of anything outside the game, but just because I kind of didn't expect it to look all that great. Uh, a lot of the you stuff, like it had that one big ass demo, right? Like what a year ago? It feels like I don't even remember to be honest. It was a big ass demo for it, and it looked good. I remember everybody going crazy, like "Oh shit, this looks amazing!" And then it got delayed, and we haven't really seen a whole bunch from it. So I wasn't really expecting it to be as well-received as it is right now. Uh, I don't know if this is going to be a Game of the Year title, though, when it comes down to it. A lot of people still have problems from the reviews saying that that the story is lackluster, that a few of the other gameplay mechanics aren't as really... They're not as well-polished as they could have been. So I don't know if it'll end up living up to the Game of the Year moniker that some are calling it up to be. 
remember this is a game that's coming out in February. There's a lot of time yes, left. It's real early. <laughs> yeah, it's a little early. But at the same time, Elden Ring came out in January last year. And it won a game of the year. So it's possible. Who knows what this year has in store. But I will say, based on the reviews I've seen, based on what the general consensus is around the game itself, seems to be a pretty damn good game. So, uh, cool for people who are enjoying the game. If you do feel like, again, that, hey, I don't want to buy it, um, just because everything outside the game, understand as well. Last thing I'll say, and then we can move on. Just don't be hateful towards people. Yeah, don't be a little shit. Anything else, Michael, before we move on? Uh, let's go ahead and get on to something that I am surprised that you put on the docket. So we go from talking about a very sensitive and serious topic to talking about a game some think isn't a real game. Yes, we're talking about the day before again. Last week, Michael and I shared our thoughts on the day before's first new gameplay footage in a long time. About two years, I believe. Uh, basically, we both had the conclusion that the footage shown from years ago was so much more promising than the middling gameplay showcase we got last week. But we both kind of exited our Discord chat, thinking the day before was a real game. Now, I'm not so sure. Let me explain, Michael. Please As do. noted by PC Games and Force Gaming and Twitter user Chroma, the trailer for the day before has some striking similarities to the reveal trailer for Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War's Zombies mode. We're talking about specific camera angles, the same red lighting, POV shots, and more. On the day before subreddit, one user by the name of Beardy Baldy Bald. <laughs> Damn, made me work for that one. <laughs> I had to practice it before the show. Oh, wow. Found that developer Fantastic may have simply bought assets from Unreal Engine 5 rather than creating their own. As Anne-Marie Ostler at GamesRadar noted in their write-up, this isn't a bad thing. It's just, well, let's take a look at the excerpt from GamesRadar because they put it perfectly. Quote, while there's certainly nothing wrong with using an asset library, it can be a great time-saving approach for developers. This, on top of the all the red flags, has left fans worried about how little effort Fantastic has put into the day before. Discussing the recent trailer, Beardy Baldy Bald says, quote, There's practically no gameplay, and their assets are mostly bought. So all they did is they put together a level out of pre-made blocks and walked a character through it, end quote. Michael, are you ready to put the tinfoil hat on with me in questioning this game's validity, or am I going insane? You're, going, you're definitely going insane. I'm not putting on any tinfoil hat. Um, if this thing is an asset flip, uh, that would explain so much of why the gameplay looks lacking, because when you create your own stuff, when you, you have your own models, your own deal, uh, you build your game around it. You know, you plan that stuff out. You plan the way that the levels want to set up and how this car being set here is going to provide cover for when you trigger uh, the next wave of enemies to come in and this and that and whatnot. When you just buy acid flips, uh, you get kind of haphazard with it and you just start throwing stuff wherever you want just to make it look cool. And then when it comes to the gameplay, you're like, oh, shit, that's right. We still got to design something we still got to design games play, gameplay and uh, animation and whatnot 
that explains so much. If it's true, right? We don't know if it's true. If it's true, um, it, it's just going to show that this game is just going to be half-assed. And I was sort of right the last time we talked about it to where it's just nothing. Um, if, if it is an asset flip, I can see it coming out uh, just so they can make a, a, a quick buck on their investment because that's what it is. They bought if they if they bought these assets, it's an investment for them. Uh, it's whatever. Maybe this is them learning the engine. Maybe it's just like a practice kind of deal, and maybe it'll be more of an early access kind of game to where it's or is in limbo, where it's always a uh, an early access kind of game, and maybe they'll work on it from the ground up afterwards. You know, uh, you know, I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt because I do think that they're at least showing something compared to. Uh, Blue Box, who has shown us absolutely nothing but promises, real-time demos. At least they have a trailer. At least they're trying to do something with it. What it is, I don't really know. Um, but I was never excited for this. It always looked half-assed to me, and this might be the reason why. <laughs> uh, my goodness, if it really is just an asset flip, my question to you, Taylor, is would you still be interested in this game? Every day that passes, I am less interested in the day before. <laughs> that last trailer took you out, man. It did. So, I'm going to be honest with you. A little bit of clickbait here. I think the game is real, quote unquote, there. But I do kind of think, and this is where my tinfoil hat theory comes in. And this is just my opinion based on what has been shown and you know all the evidence that has been laid out. I'm kind of wondering if F-Fantastic went and created a last-minute demo because they got a lot of <laughs> flack for their game and said, shit, we got to throw something out there. And the main reason I'm saying that isn't because of what Baldy Baldy Bald... Uh, I don't even think I got the name right there, by the way. <laughs> Let me make sure I got this. Beardy Baldy Bald. I'm sorry. Beardy Baldy Bald. What... They said nothing to do with that. You know, it has a lot to do with that, but it's mostly because I watched that demo and I thought that already. And then Beardy Baldy Bald had that post, and I went, Fuck, I think they did. I think they put this together at the last fucking minute that has something to show because it was three minutes of just running and then a crafting station segment, and then they killed a few zombies, and then they called it a day. Yeah, that last demo um, was definitely lackluster. And I'm sorry, man, but seeing you go from being excited for this to being like, so this is what everybody saw that I didn't see. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, was, it was something else, man. I was like, man, I don't see what Taylor sees in this game. Then after that last one, you're like, yeah, no, I don't know what I saw in it either. Maybe it was just the idea, the concept. No, the it. idea. It was the concept. 100%. Okay. Yeah, 100% I can even. I, I couldn't even get into uh, War Z, I think is what it was called. World War Z. World War Z, yeah. I, I couldn't even get into that. So whenever it was like, oh, yeah, this is like a survival version of World War Z, I was like, ooh, that sounds not fun to me. And then they started showing it. I was like, okay, maybe <laughs> maybe I'm missing something. Maybe this is something that like survival horror gamers like or something. And now everybody's like, yeah, no, I don't see, I don't see, I don't see what's so exciting about this. But uh, maybe the next demo will show something a lot more uh, significant. 
I would be so happy to be wrong about this game. You know, you and me both, because you really were happy about this. You were like, oh, yeah, I can't wait for this to come out. It's going to be cool. You know, it's, it's, it's going to be like, well, I, I don't think you said like The Walking Dead, but uh, I think some of that vein, like you were pretty stoked about this new studio showing off something so cool sounding. Well, me, myself, I was excited for Redfall. So so we both kind of got our uh, our medicine in a way we didn't want. <laughs> don't get excited for games, kids. <laughs> yeah. Don't disappoint Don't disappoint you. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go ahead and move on to our next story. So Knockout City is the latest game to shut down in 2023. In a blog post, developer and publisher... I'm sorry! I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. Get it out of your system. Man, we just did an episode about these things. We've been doing it all year. Damn, oh my goodness. We, we Every have... week we are doing a this game is die it's going to die and we need to have a moment of silence. And we will be yeah, having we, a moment done of memorials silence. But... And people like to joke around dead game, but for the past what six months, <laughs> that's been pretty much true. No, I'm sorry, Taylor, but yeah, go ahead. I didn't you're I didn't mean to laugh about that. No, like, I knew the story good. I, yeah, I knew the story was coming and I still couldn't hold it. I couldn't hold it back, man. I'm sorry, but go go ahead. Look, sometimes things happen and they're so ridiculous that you cannot help but laugh. And I feel like it's not necessarily Knockout City, but just the way the games industry has been the past month with these live service games getting shut down. You can't help yourself but go like, really? Another one? But in a blog post, developer and publisher Valen Studios said, quote, Hey, all you brawlers out there, I'm here to share with you some major information about Season 9 and the future of Knockout City. Today we are announcing that Season 9 will be Knockout City's final season. Then, on the morning of June 6, 2023, over two years after our initial launch, all servers around the world will be shut down and the game will no longer be playable. This was an extremely difficult decision for us, but a necessary and important one for our studio. Before that happens, there will be a ton of new updates in store. We've got a jam-packed Season 9, full of all amazing new content you've come to expect, an epic send-off both in and out of the game, and even a private server version on PC so Knockout City can live on forever, end quote. So, a TLDR of this blog post is that VLAN Studios, they were a small indie studio and did not have the resources to keep up with the demands of what running a live service game entails. That's the TLDR of it. Um, Knockout City becomes the latest title to shut down in 2023, joining the likes of Marvel's Avengers, Back for Blood, and potentially E3's hopes to be a premier gaming expo of the summer, due to Xbox, Sony, and Nintendo reportedly bowing out of the event. Also, Michael, I think you told me off air that two other games shut down that I didn't even know about. Uh, yeah, Rumbleverse was one of those games uh, that's shutting down, and that one actually came a bit of a surprise to everybody because Rumbleverse uh, it had it had an audience, but unfortunately, I think they ran into the same issues that Knockout City was having. Yep. Uh, the Small dev team. And you yeah. don't have the resources to go through and fix a lot of these, as what they put in their blog post, is systemic things that need to be fixed. Yeah, unless it, you're so. making, yeah, unless you're making like Fortnite money. <laughs> Running a live service 
isn't as easy as people make it out to be because you think that people will be getting your battle pass every season and buying all the skins and whatnot. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't really work out that well. Uh, it worked for Fortnite somehow. It kind of works for Call of Duty, but, you know, they got Activision Blizzard money. So, you know, they can eat a loss, but it's also popular enough to where there are people who go in and get the free-to-play and do that kind of stuff for wars and whatnot because they do want the skins and they do want the uh, the character models and whatnot. Uh, for some, for new IPs, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be very difficult uh, for uh, new titles to, to, to come out and just meet the numbers or even come close, like even half the numbers of what Fortnite and 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 stuff like modern warfare uh warzone does it's just difficult even apex legends which is backed by respawn and uh ea the mobile version that's getting shut down and the studio that's behind the mobile version is getting shuttered i believe uh let's see no no i'm sorry they're still staying up ea uh and dice has a mobile division making battlefield mobile and that got that got shut down because uh, they were in a soft launch in certain countries. Uh, they're shutting that down, and the studio, and the mobile studio that I was working on, that version is getting shuttered. And I believe they had like fifty employees, and that is getting, and they're getting uh, moved to other studios or just being outright let go. So even games that have yet to hit a, 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 a wide market is getting shut down before they get a chance to even try and uh, and make a showing. It's ridiculous how these things are, are happening in the past year. Uh, everybody keeps saying, like, oh, this is a dead game. This is a dead game. And now we're seeing surely that, yeah, these games are dying out by the dozens from, from the way it looks. And somebody actually had a list of games that was shutting down. And I can't find it right now. But, yeah, those are, those are the two games I was talking about. Uh, Rumbleverse and the new Battlefield game that hasn't even hit the wide market yet. You know, we talked about Crossfire X is also shutting down. Yeah, it does suck to see Knockout City shut down. I quite enjoyed the game. It was one of those games that I think you lose interest in over a little bit of time, but every so often you find it in your library and you're like, oh shit, I should re-download that and play it. And you get back on and you start playing again. You get invested and then that cycle just continues. Um, so it sucks to see that. It's it's understandable that you don't want to continue to make something that's not going to survive. Basically. You can't just keep making content when your game's breaking on you like that. Um, so I hope that somehow either this concept or this franchise returns in the future because i really liked it man i thought it was a great concept it was pretty fun you know it's weird i had the game downloaded and i still have yet to actually play it i think i played well you got a few months <laughs> yeah i played the tutorial and i was like yeah it's kind of cool and i was like yeah i guess it isn't for me because it, I, it nothing actually really excited me and on top of that i'm getting kind of tired of live service games I'm 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 tired of free to play games because they all play like mobile games where you have to check in and get free uh dailies and here's some challenges like yeah I'm sick of that I'm sick of it in Halo I'm sick of it in mobile games I'm 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 kind of tired of it uh even though I was a big fan of Overwatch and Overwatch 2 
I'm so tired of the challenges and crap. I don't even do them. I just play the game and I found myself having way more fun just playing the games as they are. Uh, but I did find that list of some of the games that uh, are getting shut down between today and August, I suppose. Uh, Apex Legends Mobile, Battlefield Mobile, a game called Crime Site. Have you ever heard of that game, Crime Site? I haven't. I haven't either. And that probably says a lot. Uh, but yeah, apparently it was a online uh, crime-solving game that was free-to-play or something. I'm not really sure. Uh, Crossfire X, Dragon Quest, The Adventure of Day, A Hero's Bonds. A Dragon Quest game is getting shut down. That is so weird to hear. Uh, a game called Echo VR, Knockout City, Long Live, School Idol Festival, and a game called Rumbleverse. Hmm. Wonder where we heard those games before. Uh, but yeah, these live service games are unsustainable because players' time and money is finite. I know developers, I'm not developers, I know, I know publishers think that this kind of thing is going to float all the time. But when everything's free to play, when everything is costing you $10,000 just to get skins, eventually you're going to run out of an audience. And that audience is going to stick to something that they know and they're comfortable with. And that's, and that's, uh, Call of Duty Warzone and Apex Legends and of course the Juggernaut Fortnite like those are the games they're really going to stick with because quality the devs have been doing this for a while so I know I'm going to get something out of it I'm comfortable with the game mechanics this and that. I don't have to learn anything new I know the challenges and blah 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 so it's, it's, it's getting ridiculous and even uh, who is it uh, who's getting a one punch man crossover Overwatch Overwatch is now doing those stupid crossovers to where one of the characters is getting crossed over with One Punch Man. So, yeah, this 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 is this is going to be modern gaming from now on, folks. This is this is what we're going to get used to. Games coming out for free and then shutting down within a year. Uh, Babylon's Fall is next to go, and that's that was a paid game. Like that wasn't even free to play. That was a game people paid hard code cash for, and it won't be playable. Because it's shutting down. People who bought the $10 Crossfire X single player campaign. Even though the game is shutting down the uh, multiplayer mode. You can't play the single player campaign mode. It's getting shut down with it. Which makes no sense. So th so yeah this is just really stupid. And I can't wait until we don't have to do any more of these memoriams for these things. Because I just want them all to just stop. Well on that doom and gloom note. <laughs> hey think of people who love Knockout City. Because it had a following. Yeah, I was one of those people. I just wasn't <laughs> heavily into the Knockout City scene there. Just played it for a few months, like I said. Yeah, there were content creators. There were streamers. Like they, I think they even had like a club for those people. Um, there, there was a program for them. Like it was, it wasn't a small deal. They 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 put effort into making Knockout City uh, a thing for streamers and content creators, and unfortunately, it just wasn't sustainable. But nine seasons, man, that's that's crazy. Before we move on, let's take a moment and have five seconds of awkward silence <laughs> to remember Knockout City. And I guess every other game that Michael has mentioned that is shutting down in the next several months. Starting now. Alright, so we got one last story before we <laughs> go and wrap up our show for today. Yeah. This was a last-second edition, so I'll be pretty much just 
winging it and reading directly from the report here. So from Tom Henderson, who wrote an article for Insider Gaming, talked about Call of Duty 2023, and here's what he had to say, quote, There's been a lot of confusion about Activision's next entry into the Call of Duty franchise as of late, but Insider Gaming has been able to verify it with its sources that there will be a fully-fledged Call of Duty 2023 title. Previous rumors have suggested that the game will be a premium DLC for Modern Warfare 2, and although that appears to have been true at one point, Insider Gaming understands that the project changed direction to become a full premium release planned for 2023. As for the content of this title, details are scarce, but the game will be heavily connected to the Modern Warfare series. If recent Call of Duty titles are to go by, though, expect a lot of remastered maps for multiplayer. End quote there. Um, actually, I'm going to read one more quick paragraph here. The games associated with the Modern Warfare series would suggest that the game could be called Modern Warfare 3, but Insider Gaming was unable to verify the game's name at this time, as it's not yet decided. One key detail about the game, though, is that according to Bloomberg's Jason Schreier, the game will be developed by Sledgehammer Games. This is a key detail that Insider, uh, that Insider Gaming was able to corroborate, but it's understood that the title is a huge collaborative project across all of Activision's Call of Duty studios, like most of their COD games these days. So, Insider Gaming also goes on to talk about how this year's title is going to have two beta weeks and an early campaign period and a full marketing strategy. So, also on Tom Henderson's Twitter, he goes on to elaborate and clarify a few things because people were kind of confused. Previously, people talked about Call of Duty 2023, as mentioned in the Insider Gaming article, being more Modern Warfare 2 DLC that was just going to be expansion to that, and they were going to go into a fully-fledged Call of Duty in 2024 with Treyarch's title. Based on that article, it seems like Treyarch is still getting that title in 2024. Nothing really changed there, but something has changed in 2023, with now there being a fully-fledged game. Tom Henderson said on Twitter, On the whole, I thought COD was taking a break in 2023, yeah, they were, but it changed. It's why these leaks are leaks, because they have been reported before intended and are subject to change. Always take leaks with a grain of salt, even this one. That's great advice, by the way. I'm also not sure how I can say this any more clearly, but it's a new premium release, just like we've been getting for the past two decades. Maybe the best way to look at it is getting Black Ops 2 and Black Ops 3 back-to-back. -back. They are connected, but they're entirely new games. And somebody asked Tom Henderson, what are your bets for a title, any chance of Ghost 2 being brought into the Modern Warfare universe, perhaps a prequel? And Tom Henderson replied saying, I'd probably bet on Modern Warfare 3, to be honest, but I don't know the name yet. So kind of what the Insider Gaming report mentioned. Michael, this is kind of a shock, man. We thought we were going to be taking a break from premium Call of Duty in 2023. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I thought this was going to be the year of Warzone, to be honest. Uh, I thought they were going to put a huge focus on that for, for this year since they were supposedly uh, getting a skip. But I think with this whole merger going through, um, or with the merger having issues going through, I think some of the higher-ups at Activision Blizzard 
We want something substantial now uh, to keep the interest of Call of Duty going, I suppose. Now, here's something. This, maybe, I'm not disproving what you're saying. I had, This is just another potential layer that I think might either help or hurt your case. Let me know what you okay. think. Modern Warfare was incredibly successful in 2019. Modern Warfare 2 broke fucking records. This franchise is easily Call of Duty's cash cow right now. Do you think that has anything to do with Activision basically being like, no, we need to stick with Modern Warfare while it's hot? Uh, I well, again, actually, I think that actually proves my point that yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's hot. It's still hot right That's now. That's what I was saying. I don't think it disproves your point. It might actually help it, but yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and you know, since they're skipping out this year, I think they they're probably thinking like, hey, uh, since this property is still hot, like we're used to after a year of Call of Duty, you know, it cools off. But with Modern Warfare Two, still has a big player base. Uh, Juggernaut set records for them. Yeah, they want to keep that. Ch- they want to keep that. Uh, gravy train going and while yeah i think i, I still think warzone 2.0 is going to get a huge uh uh interest from activision blizzard this year uh, i think it's more or less of them trying to put in filler i don't think it's going to be like this huge release like they do every year they're going to try to make it seem like it but i don't think it is uh i think they're just i, th- I think they're going to try and figure out if they can do call of duty every other year I think this is experiment year for them. So I think they're going to try and do something small, uh, kind of like uh, with season passes, you know, like 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 you and I talked about a few episodes ago where we used to get map Are packs. you saying for Modern Warfare 2? The Modern content 2, yeah. will be? And yeah, yeah, do you, yeah. Okay, here's another thing. A lot smaller. Here's another thing, because this might actually also help your point. Because there was a lot of talk about Modern Warfare 2 having a bunch of fucking content. And although I haven't been keeping up with it as much... It seems like a lot of people right now with Modern Warfare Season 2 are like, all right, where's all that content? Do you think that they possibly could be holding out on that for whatever this Modern Warfare full title is going to be in 2023? Again, it's being reported as this is not just DLC. It's not just an expansion. This is going to be a fully-fledged Call of Duty. So do you think potentially they're holding off on some Modern Warfare 2 multiplayer content and potentially maybe a Warzone or anything else they had going on to push it to that other game and give it more content there? I think it's more of not them holding back, but refining things. Because, you know, mm-hmm. usually when you do these sequels, uh, some features get updated, some features go away. Uh, I think with this new supposedly, supposedly, full-fledged title uh, i do think that and that's not even you being disrespectful to, to tom no, henderson no, no. either tom henderson straight up says this in a tweet saying hey yeah. and, but henderson has a great track record don't get me wrong oh, but yeah, i does. do appreciate yeah. that even even he went hey always take leaks with a grain of salt even this one that i'm reporting here yeah and that's what leaves so much respect for him like uh but uh for my uh, original um what i was saying originally I don't think it's going to be a full flesh game. I think Activision Blizzard will try to hype it up like it's going to be something big. Um, I think you said Treyarch has their coming out next year, 2024. Yeah, based on this report, it doesn't seem like Treyarch is affected at all. And yeah. everybody's been talking about 2024 will be Treyarch's game. But I think the part in the Insider Gaming article talking about remastered maps in Modern Warfare 3, or whatever it would end up being called, 
that's probably the safest bet because that's probably the easiest thing they can do. If you're kind of quickly putting together a fully-fledged Call of Duty, that's probably the best chance you will have at success as well because of how much people love those maps. Yeah, but I don't know. We, we just have to wait a couple of months before more posts. Yeah, literally, we're sure. learning about this right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure more is going to happen within before summer. Within the next couple of months, I'd say, we'll be uh, back to talking about this again. Usually around what? I want to say June, July is when people start learning stuff about Call of Duty. Yeah, I think June's a good. Yeah, yeah I think June's a good, uh, a good time. Let's get out of here, man. Let's talk about what we're playing. Michael, what you playing? I have been playing uh, Call of Duty: Modern Warfare Two. Uh, of <laughs> mine gifted to me. I know we were just talking about it, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm actually I've actually started playing Modern Warfare Two. I like the campaign. The campaign is fantastic. Um. I've also been playing uh, Wanted Dead. I can finally talk about that. Uh, that's a game that comes out next week or in a few days after this podcast comes out. Uh, so I'll be reviewing that. And I've also been playing a bit of Overwatch 2. Uh, season 3 started. I'm trying to get into it, man. I really am. Because, again, it's fun when I'm not focusing on the challenges. But you do have other people who do focus on the challenge. And that kind of messes up the game flow. And I hate it. Uh, but that's why I'm playing. What about you, man? What are you, what are you, what are you up to? Haven't been playing all too much. Been playing a little bit of For Honor. Still enjoying that game whenever I get the time. Um, it's kind of weird because sometimes you'll play these games and they'll be... I usually play Dominion, right? Which is a 4v4. You capture the points. And it's just kind of all-out chaos, right? And sometimes you'll be put into 3v1 scenarios, 2v1s, so on and so forth. I love whenever I get into the games to where both teams just play very honorably. And you'll go to, like, you'll go to C, and it'll be 2v1, and you're like, oh shit, here we go. And then one of the players just stands back and is like, I'll let my teammate handle this. And it's just a straight up 1v1, no bullshit, not gonna knock into some spikes or off the map kind of duel. And then if you win that battle you'll have this kind of standoff where you both like emote to each other like, alright, this shit's about to go down. I love those fucking games. And then all of a sudden, you get knocked off the map by an enemy. And you're like, alright, well, I'll bet they're off. I'm gonna play like an asshole now. <laughs> so it's a weird, weird <laughs> way that For Honor plays there to where the experience is different for me every time I play it. But I'm still enjoying it so far. Oh, that's alright. Hey, you yourself is doing something right in your book, man. At least they got that. Not much. Oh, not much at all. But <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, I'm still kind of enjoying For Honor. Even though it has its own flaws, it definitely does. Oh, man. So, Taylor, what are you working on and where can we find you? I am working on these podcasts here. And you can find me, as always, in our Discord server, the link for which is in the description of this very episode. All right. As for me, uh, I'm working on the one to dead review. I also got an. Another controller uh, that I have to be that I'm looking at, uh, but you can find me on Twitter at m underscore m o s l e y underscore j r. If you found a weirdo on the fox hoodie, congratulations, you are in the right place. You can also find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash fox daddy. That's f zero x d a d d y. And if you want to talk to me and Taylor because we're so awesome and you can't get enough of us on this podcast, you can check us out on our Discord. You can find the link to our Discord in the description below. 
Thank you all for listening. We appreciate you. Taylor, thank you for always uh, being the showrunner and getting everything that we need. And for everybody who's listening to us, whether this is your first time or your 600th time, we truly appreciate you stopping by. And with that, we thank you all for joining us. And we'll be back next week with more gaming news.